Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dan Carson, and on today's podcast, I have Micah Powell. What is up, everybody? And Chris Vines. Man, it's good to be here. Well, these guys are with me as we continue the conversation about student ministry. We're going to spend some time talking about volunteers, their importance, and characteristics of the good ones in this episode. But before we get to that, I want to share with you a new opportunity. We've created a patron page. What does that mean? It's simply another avenue that you can show your support to our podcast. At patron.podbean.com slash studentministrymatters, you can sign up and become a monthly supporter of this endeavor. Uh, There are some different rewards and opportunities for those that might want to partner with us. Any amount is going to help. A dollar to a thousand dollars a month. Uh, would help us continue to improve and grow on what we have going here. Now, as people join us, we do want to give them a shout out on the podcast. And guess what? Our first patron has already joined. And no, it's not my mom. It's our friend Joel Young. Joel is the youth pastor at Summers Missionary Baptist Church of Summers, Arkansas, and has the distinction of being our very first patron. Thanks, Joel. You are awesome. Nice. Thank Um, you, Joel. Remember to pray for Joel this week. Uh, he is a bivocational student pastor who works within the Siloam Springs School District. So he's got all sorts of challenges ahead of him. So you pray for Joel. Uh, we are thankful for him, truly. Our patron program is just one way to help us grow, though. Giving us a review on our podcast or sharing the podcast on social media are probably two of the biggest other ways that you can help us move forward. Now, if you have any questions or you'd like to give us some feedback, and we're always looking for that, Give us a shout at info at studentministrymatters.com. Guys, I'm glad that we're back together for another chat about student ministry. However, before we get to that, uh, what all has been going on in your life? It's been two weeks since we had the last chance to record. So, Chris, what's going on in your life? Well, uh, just rocking and rolling through the summer. Uh, student ministry has been obviously different, but uh, we've still been moving forward. We, uh, we every, every summer we do something called Wandering Wednesdays. And it's just where we get out of our normal element and kind of into, typically we go into different church members' houses, but just because of the situation of COVID-19, we have not been going into a lot of houses, We but we have been going to kind of random places. So been doing that. And then on a personal note, my family and I got to kind of retreat away for a couple of days last week to uh, Hot Springs Village, got a little condo right on Lake DeSoto and uh, so that was fun. I had a good time and it was, it was very short, but it was a nice little breather. So yeah, that's what's, that's what's been going on in my life. Chris, I do have a question about that. You mentioned wandering Wednesdays. I like that idea. Uh, for the longest time we would have picnics during the summer. We'd just go to the park and we'd swing by and pick up some fast food or people would bring their lunch and we hit the different parks up here in Northwest Arkansas. My question for you though, is what are you doing about transportation? 
Are your students riding in a van together? Are they wearing masks at that point? What's that look like? Their parents will bring them to the location um, and or they, you know, the kids that can oh, drive. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and, and in the past, it just depends on where we're going. I mean, some of our church members live not too far away, but they kind of live out. And so in, in that case, I make the van available for us to drive out there. This year, I've we, we have taken the van in certain situations, and before we get on the van, I'm taking temperatures and things like that. But I, you know, and if parents want them to, if the parents want them to wear a mask, then they do that. But I haven't been requiring that, you know. And so, yeah, that's that's kind of what it's been looked like. But we really haven't been on the van very much at all this year. And the times that we have had, uh, just been in our different locations, kids will just meet up there and. And then parents will pick them up there as well. So like we went to the park, uh, our local park a, a few weeks ago. And, and then we, we did go to one person's house and was and we had uh, kind of our gathering outside in their yard. So, yeah, that's kind of what's been up. Cool. I, like I said, I love the idea. I love the concept. And, and with churches that are might seem a little on the smaller side, you know, you a lot of these churches will have a church van. And so how does that work? And we, we've been trying to think through that process as we wanted to do some hikes together and some things like that. So I appreciate you sharing. Yeah. How about you, Micah? What's been going on? Yeah, man, Chris. Uh, so retreat away is not the same as runaway, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's not. Did I say you're like, yeah, we just retreat away and really in your back of your mind, you're like, ah! <laughs> like, get out of yeah. here. Yeah. Man, did I say retreat or did I say run? Days, like I'm just seeing a theme here. <laughs> I'm just seeing a theme. Uh, you said retreat away. I was just picking on oh, you. Oh, gotcha. Wondering Wednesdays and retreat away. It's like, oh boy, Chris is, he's running for the hills. What's going on over there? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. Uh, man, I've just been uh, working, you know, uh, trying to, I don't know, you know, preaching on the weekends with different congregations and still trying to serve predominantly in a church, local church here and just trying to disciple whoever would allow me, you know, whoever the Lord would allow me and the person would allow me to grow them in the Lord. And, and, and not that I, you know, deserve that, but just to, you know, typically they're younger people uh, a little bit before me and just love on them and, you know, teach them about Jesus and try to have good godly character and make good decisions. And, you know, my wife and I are officially making the trek to Kansas City. So guys, this week, my wife got a teaching job in Kansas City. How cool is that? Awesome, man. Nice. Right? Huge, just blessing. And yeah, I know. And, you know, her worthless husband is still trying to find a job. Uh, but, uh, you know, God will provide, it's just, it's awesome, man. The doors that he opens during the, even the toughest of times during COVID, you know, and I know that's been a theme for all of us. Yeah. This, this has been an unusual period for everybody. We all know that, but it's, it's life (laughs) right now. As we look ahead Mm. to the, the fall and we start thinking about, um, what does our student ministry look like? If it's going to be any different, uh, we often want to think about the issue of volunteers, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. But before we get to our topic, uh, it's time for the random question of the week. So here's a here's one I thought I'd throw out. I haven't heard this from you guys before, but what was your first car? Micah, let's start with you. Oh, man. I feel so bad that I had this car, but I got to tell you the story, and I'll make it short because I know we only have a little bit of time together. And keep it short is like not in my vocabulary, right? But my brother was going That's to uh, Iraq to serve uh, in the Air Force. And so he had a little bit left over from his payment on a, a Mustang. 
Uh, it was a Roush Mustang. It was so Jack Roush, you know, got a bunch of the Mustangs, Ford Mustangs out of shop and uh, took them back into his shop and, and basically created this, you know, kind of not supercar, but just a really fast car. Well, my brother, he's like, I, I can't pay for it while I'm overseas and I'm going to buy a new one when I come back. So let's, uh, I'll just let, give it to Micah. So he switched it over to my dad's name and my dad and I kind of worked on it and pay, paid for it. And so I had my first car was a standard five speed uh, Roush Mustang. I, I know you know my personality, guys, but I actually did not get a speeding ticket um, within the first six months. But I'll tell you, I did get one. <laughs> within the first six months. That says it all right there. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm exaggerating. I really don't remember, but I do remember I got maybe within the first year I got a speeding ticket. I was going like, I didn't know it was a school zone in my hometown <laughs> um, that I lived in for 18 years. Um, but it's a school zone. I know it is over there, over by uh, the hill coming up and grab it. That's a, that's a school zone, and you should not go very fast. So that was my first car, uh, Roush nice. Mustang. Wow. <laughs> I was lucky. I mean, really. Nice. Well, my first car was a Mustang as well. I had oh. my, my – yeah, I had a dream car and a budget, basically. We found an old 1966 Mustang that was in a dilapidated state. It was horrible. It was – I think we had to pull it back on a trailer. It was in such bad shape for the next two years. That was like two birthdays worth there that we worked on it, cleaned it up. The engine never was sound, but it looked good. It didn't have an air conditioning, but I didn't care. I mean, man, when you're 16 and you're driving around a 66 cherry red Mustang, you feel pretty, pretty special. Now I couldn't get a speeding ticket in that cause I couldn't go fast enough. <laughs> The engine was that bad. Nice. Now, the bad part is that I was getting ready for college. My dad said, hey, this is not going to be good. You're traveling back and forth from Conway to, to Northwest Arkansas. You, We got to sell this and get you something reliable. And I thought, dad, are you sure? Yeah, I think so. So we sold it, which broke my heart all, in all sorts of ways. And then the car we bought to drive down on the way to college, the accelerator cable snapped. Um, we got a quick fix. And before the first semester was out, the car, the transmission went out. And so I just want to go, Dad, I would have rather done this in the, the Mustang. I mean, <laughs> and so, you know, first cars, they can mean a wow. lot. Um, for me, I had this dream I worked during the summers in my dad's shop cleaning and doing other things. And so I remember there'd be Saturdays I'm cleaning the shop after everybody's gone. Thinking, oh, I can't wait to be in my Mustang. I can't wait to be in my Mustang. And it was. I lived the dream. I mean, for a short time, very short time. And then it was over. Wow. And now I now I don't really care about cars. I mean, I want to have something that's dependable, something that gets decent gas mileage. I drive a Honda, a 2004 Honda Pilot. Um, I mean, it's <laughs> that's nice, and I love it. I mean, because it's kind of like a truck, but not really. Gets me around. It's got four wheel drive. If I have to have it, you know, it's it works for me. But so, Chris, what was the first vehicle that was yours? Yeah. Well, I, I before I answer that question, I just want to say, like, I was I was a little confused by your story because, like, I would have figured in in '66 you would have bought that car new. Like, weren't you 16? Oh, 
dang. <laughs> Bomb dropped. Dang. Shots fired. Whoa. Is that is that not true? Oh, that okay. one hurt a little bit. <laughs> Golly, Chris. That's, no, that's not true because that was the year my dad graduated from. <laughs> oh, okay. Gosh, Chris, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Uh, I haven't I haven't talked to Dan in a while, so I had to bust him on one. All right, so all right, uh, I know <laughs> my first car. Um, well, so kind of like you guys, I got I'll tell a quick story. So when I was when I was twelve, when I was twelve, uh, my my dad actually let me start driving. Like not, I grew up in the country, South Arkansas, and and so I was like, I remember fourth grade. I got out of fourth grade and. Um, no, was that fourth grade? Maybe fifth grade. I don't know. Showed up and my dad, he's like, all right, man, let's go for a drive. And so he put me in the driver's seat and man, here we go down some country roads. And next thing you know, so by the time I was 15, I w- I'd been driving for a solid three years, like not by myself, but but with him. And, and I also worked on a farm up the highway. And so that car that I had and that I learned to drive in was a Jeep Cherokee, like an old Jeep Cherokee. And, uh, so I guess technically that's the, the nice. first car I ever drove. But then when I was 15, I got my hardship license and my dad let me drive his blue, like Dodge Ram. So I had, I had that and that thing was, it had a V8 in it. It was a single cab and had twin pipes. It was really loud. So that was fun. But then I guess technically the first car that was, that was called mine, uh, was when I turned 16. And, uh, I mean, this thing would give a Mustang, a run for its money. I had a Chevy S10. And so, uh, did a, did a lot of, lot of, oh, man. lot of drag. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Four, four speed on the column automatic. <laughs> so man, wow. Was it yellow? Like bright? Yellow? No, it was, it was maroon. It was maroon. And, uh, I had a toolbox on it because, you know, I wanted to be, I wanted to be cool. Did it have spinners? Uh, no, they hadn't, they hadn't made, they hadn't come out with spinners yet. I couldn't buy those at the gas station just yet. Oh, okay. Got you. I got you. So no, li- no, like, you know, air, um, lift kits or anything like that. No, no stuff going on. No. I mean, I had air in the tires. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was wow. cool. It was, it was a good, it was a good vehicle, man. Wow. So well, yeah, Chevy S10. We'll go with that one. Well, let's go ahead and hop in and get to our topic. Uh, we want to talk about volunteers in our student ministry. And let me kind of define what we're talking about, though. We aren't really referring to volunteer youth directors or volunteer student pastors. Uh, what we're talking about are the volunteer team that that any leader needs around them as they seek to do the work of ministry. Um, in my church, my team is me and right now one other person. <laughs> you may have one or you may have 10 adults that are part of that team, and they may serve a variety of roles. So on this episode, we want to talk about their importance and then what we're looking for in a good team member. And so let's let's answer that big question. Why are volunteers important to your student ministry? Chris, let's start with you. What makes these people so important to our student ministries? Well, it's simple. It's the Mack truck theory or the Mack truck example, because um, if everything's centered around one person, the youth pastor, and tomorrow you get hit by a Mack truck and die, you need you need people there uh, to carry on the ministry. Simple as that. I think, I mean, it's just not all about, it's just not all about you. I mean, and, and I, so I, I kind of joke about that, but I mean, seriously, I, I, that's, uh, I think that's so important, you know, to remember that, I mean, if you, if you try to build something 
all around you and your personality and you depend upon you alone, um, you're just really setting yourself up for failure. But, but I think you're also not doing a, uh, you're not being a good steward of, of the ministry that God has, has placed you in. And so I think, I think we need, I think we need volunteers to, to serve the church in ways that, that we, we just can't. And, and also to, uh, uh, to know that, that that ministry can keep going uh, even when we're not there. I've never re- heard it referred to as the Mack truck theory, but that is totally accurate. You don't want to build a ministry around just that one person. W- one, we can't do it alone. But two, if you're gone or you get sick or you get the COVID, yeah, I mean, you're out. And what do you do at that point? And so, man, that's 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 important. Micah, what about you? Why why are these volunteers so important to our student ministries? It's replicating yourself, as Chris kind of said, and and I, I like I like ministry sharing. I, you know, I, that's kind of what I how I think. I guess I, I want to disciple myself out of a position, kind of in a way. You know, still still retain the ministry and the responsibilities, but to just be able to replicate myself. As you know, there's so many things out there about replicate ministries and Robert Gallaty and and great resources to be able to kind of delve into what it means to, to be a discipler. And I, I, I take um, finding and equipping those volunteers and, 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 and implementing them in the student ministry. I, I think it's crucial to grow a student ministry because, you know, like Chris said, the Mack truck theory, I guess, you know, what happens if we were to die or we were to move on or, you know, or God would to call us somewhere else. And, and to be able to have those volunteers there that you're able to draw out from the church, the church body, be able to, that, that, that are already serving in some large capacity where they can't give the time needed to these students, I think is crucial to growth, but also to a healthy sign of a church that's unified and moving in the right direction. Because I think the student ministry part of that's important, that there is continual growth. One of the things that you, I mean, basically what, what I hear you saying is that, that God has called us to be pastors to equip people for ministry. And so, hey, we've got to equip people to do the ministry even within this student ministry. And so, you know, as a pastor, our role is slightly different than someone who is uh, just a volunteer, who is just working with student ministry. That doesn't negate any of these other roles. It's just a different role. If we've called, if we're called to the pastorate, we're going to answer for things a little bit differently. And we know that we've talked about that before. You know, some one of the things that I would like to point out is that it is vital, especially in this day and age, that we have other adults with us as we're with those students uh, for accountability's sake. You know, not just mm-hmm. the issue of can we survive this if if that youth pastor goes on, but we need to be able to survive it and survive any sort of accusations. And so, you know, more than just the youth pastor and maybe his wife. Uh, but you've got another couple, another other adult. The person that I have with me is is he is he college age or a little bit older than that uh, woman who works with our our girls, and it's better for her to pour into those girls than it is for me as a man. And so I, I think that's real important. Mike, you got something to add? Yeah, you know, replicating yourself. I was thinking about that and what you were saying, and 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 just. It makes our job in a, in some ways I don't want to say easier but more manageable as the group grows, and 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 also unity. I, I didn't even think about this till just now when you're saying that. 
but unity in the church, you know, oftentimes when I went to a volunteer that I had kind of had my eye on and was praying over a certain young couple or something, as I approached them, it was so almost every single time, almost every time, you know what they said back when I came to this, I said, would you guys be, would you be interested in praying about, you know, helping us with this student team, um, the student ministry teaching team and, you know, travel um, student volunteers and, and, and every, almost every time guys, they were like, man, we've been praying about a way to serve and yeah, we'll pray about it for a while. And, and again, from that almost all oh, that kind of situation, almost always they join the student ministry team. And I'll tell you every time it, it just creates a beautiful picture of unity that, that these people are using their gifts, as it says in Ephesians, like that their spiritual gifts and not everybody is gifted to be a volunteer in the student ministry, but it is so exciting. And these guys and gals, or rather these men and women that joined our teams, just show an incredible godly character for a willingness, even if they don't know what they're getting into, <laughs> just show an incredible willingness. And it creates a unity within the church that they have a place to serve, to be equipped to serve. And I just, I want I, I felt like I really want to just kind of stop and mention that it just, it's all, it's beautiful, a beautiful picture of unity in the church that God blesses. You know, what's, what's great. And this kind of goes back to what Chris was saying is that one person can't do it all. And if you get hit with a Mack truck, boom, then it falls apart if you're not set up with volunteers. But, you know, I think about some of my students over the years, they have related much better to someone else. I mean, it could be another male volunteer they may connect with that student in a way that I just can't because maybe they love to hunt and fish and that's not me. Whereas I can connect with the the goofy nerdy guy who loves video games, maybe loves music. I, I can connect on those levels, but you got this other guy who grew up playing sports and hunts and fishes. How are they going to connect? Well, a good volunteer helps that. And that's one of the reasons, you know, talking about the body as the, as we work together and to serve together. And it's just a, it's a powerful thing uh, when a volunteer is, is doing that work in their lives. Uh, I, I know that it's been incredibly beneficial to my daughter uh, and my son as well, that they had good volunteers that were connected to the student ministry. Because when I was leading the student ministry, they'd look up and they'd say, all right, dad's teaching, dad's leading, he's doing all of those things. Who is my person? And it worked out. Um, for the most part, my daughter loved me being her student pastor. My son liked it. It was okay. But they both had other people that were serving within our student ministry that they could connect with, they could talk to, that they could reach out and kind of latch on to. And so I, th I think volunteers are incredibly important in our student ministry. I think that if you're going to have one lead person, if that's somebody the church has voted and said, hey, you're going to be that teacher, then they you need to pull somebody else along with you if you're that person. If you are hired and you are a student pastor or student pastor slash whatever else, because we often get the slash added to, to <laughs> us, you know, then you need that needs to be at a, a, a huge priority, uh, making sure that you pull in others to work with you. Hopefully there's already a team. Hopefully you've got, if nothing else, start pulling from the parents and say, hey, I need your involvement. We've got to get going. But that, that's it's incredibly important that we put together uh, a good volunteer team in our student ministry. 
Well, for this conversation and many others that I've had over the years, there's no doubt in my mind that having a good team of volunteers is pretty important in our student ministry. One of the big issues that we often run into is picking out that team. Sometimes, you know, you've got people that that want to come and help. Maybe they don't want to sit in an adult Bible study and they would just rather be back where there's some life and some excitement going on or for whatever reason they're coming to you, but maybe they don't line up with your vision or God's vision of who should be leading students. So we have to ask that other big question of this episode. What are you looking for in volunteers for your student ministry? Now, I've got four things that I want to list. And you guys, I know you probably have some that we could add to this list um, because mine are, are pretty basic, but I think they're they're pretty key. Now, for, for me, the first one is this, that they are a saved, baptized member of your church. Mm, if yeah. your church has a membership, um, and some churches do and some churches don't, that you, of, of other traditions may be listening to this, it is important that there's some accountability within the body as a whole. So they've got to have a relationship with Christ. They need to step through that and be biblically baptized. They need to be a member of that church because those are things we want of all of our students. And if I can't point to an adult volunteer and say, hey, listen, George over here is the guy that you need to follow. Look at what he's done. He's he's accepted Christ. He's been baptized. He's an active part of that church. Then if I'm pointing to somebody and saying, well, this guy's never been baptized, I can't expect that from a student either. And so I think that's a part of that and plays into it. Number two, I think that these volunteers really need to truly care about students. There are a lot that just want to be in control. They want their own little empire. They want their little group. They want to be in in charge as you were looking at volunteers. And you don't want that. You want men and women who love students, who care genuinely and deeply about them. And it doesn't matter their age. In fact, some of the best volunteers that I've had over the years have been those that are of a more mature place in life. And for me to say that at 48, man, these were these. my mom. <laughs> my mom was one of my youth volunteers at Temple off and on throughout the years. And so in her 60s, she was still there. She loved on those students. There's some other ladies at that church a little bit younger than my mom. In their 50s, they cared for those students and they would just be there for them. So I think that truly caring about students is pretty high up on that list. The third thing that I have is that they should be students of the word. Now, I would say that I have probably not been as curious or or question the people that were volunteering enough about this. I want them not to be theology scholars. I don't, they don't have to be deep, uh, have a deep, deep understanding, but I do need them to be growing in God's word, especially if they're going to help lead a, a, a small group or if they're going to be answering questions that students are going to come to. If you have to follow behind your volunteers and play cleanup, um, then there's a real problem. And then the last thing that I have for a, a good volunteer is that they need to have a good reputation outside of the church. It is real easy to find somebody who's charismatic, who is you know great, loves games, loves that might have, be great at music. They might have all of these skills that they can carry in with them. But you know we need to kind of look at that First Timothy three. There's some of the requirements of the pastors, and they're not going to be a pastor, but they need to have a good reputation. Because if they don't, again, we're 
we're putting an example in front of our kids that we don't want them to emulate. And we want them to follow Christ. And so that just like Paul wrote, uh, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, these students are going to be looking to these men and women for an example to follow. And so, you know, as we look at all of these things, the one thing that that I'd say that we don't want to worry about is they don't have to be the young, cool, or funny uh, to be a good volunteer. They just simply need to love God, love people, and want to make disciples. They may not know how to do it yet, uh, but that's that's where their heart is. You know, they can learn a lot of things, but looking at the characteristics of a good volunteer. That's something that's real important. So what got, what would you guys add to that list? What are some other characteristics that we might want to look at? I'm sure I've missed something in that process. Micah, Chris, what do you think? Well, I, I would just, um, I mean, man, I, I think that's a good list. Uh, I, I I had a couple of things jotted down, mm. and, and I think really what I have down just kind of undergirds what you've already said, but I'm good. I'm, it helps me to have little catchphrases because one, that's just how I remember things. But so I wrote this down as far as for volunteers, they need to be consistent to show and convicted to grow. So I I think one of the biggest things for a volunteer is consistency. I I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want a person who uh, just hops in one week and then shows back up six weeks later. Mm, And so I believe that they need to be consistent and and then also i believe like you said they need to be convicted about about growing personally and and so they need to be the kind of person that is worth imitating i i don't want to put the same kind yeah. of requirements that the scriptures put on for for pastors and deacons on a volunteer sure but but at sure. the same time uh they're like you said they're they're in a place of leadership and so that comes with uh responsibility the other thing that uh, and I don't want this to, I don't want to chase a rabbit here, but just think it's good to remember that, uh, that not all, that volunteers are not created equal, that not all volunteers are created equal. So just to, to, to help the volunteer know what their strengths are and, and to help. And, and, and that, mm. that just takes time. It just takes time to, uh, for one to help them develop that, but, but also not, not. I don't want this to sound so conceited as to say that that we as the youth pastor or youth leader needs that, that we're the ones that have to develop them. But because I, I, I can give you one example. I remember we had I had one one volunteer one time. She was actually a parent. But, you know, I, I mean, in my mind, I was thinking, man, she would make a great small group leader. That just was not something she was convicted about. It's not something that she felt the Lord was leading her into. However, she did come back. She was bold enough to say, you know, I, I, I really want to be hospitable. I really want to, to serve in this way. And, and so I was like, well, Hey, go for it, you know? And, and man, she, that's how, that's how she served. And I mean, I never had to worry about, you know, drinks or snacks or anything like that, because that's, that's what she loved doing on the same side. There's, there's those volunteers that, 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 you know, that's, it's not to say they're not hospitable, but that's just not their, uh, they're bent, you know, they, they would rather be there in the middle of, of kids in a small group wanting to, to teach, you know, and, and so, right, right. so as far as asking, you know, what are we looking for in a, in a, in a volunteer? Um, I think, I think someone who, uh, is consistent is convicted to grow. And then just to kind of wrap up what I said there and all that, those other words 
is uh, you know someone who is flexible to to learn what their gift set is. You know, someone who is is willing to trust the Lord to lead them into a particular area of ministry within uh, within the student ministry. It's almost like for that last one, it, I hear you saying it. Uh, almost like they just need to be self aware. Is that a maybe a good description yeah. that they understand themselves? Yeah, absolutely. I think okay. that's a good a good way of putting it. Um, I didn't really know how to how to verbalize that. I just knew that. I, I just know how. I just know how valuable it is for for a volunteer to be willing maybe this is a way to put it yeah to be self-aware but to be willing Mm. um to uh to serve in in ways that maybe they don't originally expect and ways that maybe i don't even uh, originally expect you know and so i think that's a i think that's a pretty cool quality micah what what would you add to that when i wrote everything down uh Today, I, I was I kind of saw I was going to go last, and I was like, man, there, this is a great time because I, I can just kind of clean up, not like a mess, but just like <laughs> just say the last thoughts, you know, and perfect timing. I don't have to talk much. So y'all said everything, so I won't rehash it out, but two things I was thinking about was uh, teaching capabilities that they're uh, that they're, they have a teachable spirit. Now, I understand that that is um, kind of in what you were talking about with being students of the word, but I, I mean, if they have a hesitancy to be taught by somebody like me, the, not the, the lead pastor, not a person that, that is on the board of the church or what, whatever, like not some person that's, you know, high, high up, uh, you know, but, but somebody that just loves to serve in student ministry as a student pastor, like, you know, if, if they're old say they're older than me, like one couple, uh, one example, and, and, and I approached them and I was interested in this couple because they were just wonderful people. And, I, I told this this couple they're like you know we'd love to serve and we'd love the opportunity to teach these kids and I was thinking like Titus to be able to have that elderly presence in the student ministry to be able to teach these younger kids and I was really loving that trying to really find that and, and make that possible and and one thing that 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 I told them I said well you know times have definitely changed some well, you know would you guys be willing to be taught by me you know we have a a, a session after each Wednesday night with all the small group leaders and the volunteers and just kind of hash out how our teaching things went and then prepare for the next week. I said, would you guys, you know, I, I didn't want to say submit in a way, but you know, would you guys be interested in, you know, coming along with us and where we are and kind of how we teach and present this stuff to these students. And, and they said, after just a short conversation, it wasn't that they were given over into anything or they were prideful or anything. They just were like, you know, I, I don't think this is going to be for us. And so like, it was so common to me and, and, and again, I don't think bad of that couple. I think they just were worried, but because uh, maybe they didn't have, um, maybe it made them nervous or something to be taught, or I, I, I'm not sure. But to me, being teachable, like I want volunteers that are yeah. going to be teachable that I can pour into, that I see a willingness not just to love the students on the young people side, but on the elderly side, where hey, are they willing to submit to any kind of teaching by even somebody like me that doesn't deserve to teach them, yeah. that you know doesn't have any more life experience and. The last thing I wrote down was joyful. Man, come on. You both know me. I love to laugh. I love to make jokes and, and not at people's expenses, but even sometimes mostly my own when I talk and joke. But man, just joyful. Like I, I you know, I, I want ministry to be exciting. And I, and I feel like a lot of times it becomes this cringy scapegoat um, to some people, but I, it, like it is, it is a real ministry with real people that are that are pre people, and they're just young people, younger kids. But you know, they're they, they're the church, and, and it is a, definitely a great ministry. We should take it seriously. 
but it should be a joyful experience. And I want volunteers that have a lot of joy. And, and I don't just mean smiling and, you know, char- charismatic nature things from, you know, different kinds of churches that are outside of our doctrine. I, I just mean that they have a lot of spiritual joy, that they enjoy, they, they enjoy uh, like their wives or they enjoy coming to church and, and you can see their expression of Christ's joyfulness in them. And because I don't want them coming into the student ministry to, I don't know, I don't want to say bore it, but you know, I want them to be excited about what Christ has done and what he still is doing. And so those are just two things I wrote down, you know, just that they could be taught or able to teach as, you know, the qualifications mentioned in first Timothy three there. Uh, and then the second was just to be joyful. I just want a joyful volunteer, you know, those are just two things that I had kind of, that would have added. I love that joyful piece, Micah. I do. I have been on trips with youth volunteers for those trips that weren't joyful. And it's just painful to watch as they are frustrated by the students just being students. And they're unwilling to to laugh and to enjoy the experience with them. Uh, man, it, it, it can make or break a group, especially if you're on a trip. Uh, just, I just think about that often. And so, man, those are great. I appreciate it guys. As, as you're looking for volunteers, we know that volunteers are a vital part of our student ministries and we don't want to take just whoever. (laughs) Now, I think that's important for us to remember. We don't just take, you know, see who's out there, throw out a line. We want to be thoughtful in the process so that God will be honored and that our students will have our best as a church. Those volunteers can impact a student's spiritual life for decades. Um, we have to be careful. You know, it, who is teaching our, our students on Sunday mornings in our Sunday school classes? Or who is leading the small group at, on a Wednesday night after youth group? You know, it, it is vital that we take time, that we're thoughtful in this process, and we pray for God's best. And as we start that idea of recruiting, we always want to start and begin that process with prayer. And so we'll, we'll spend some time with that because, you know, there's so much, so much more that we could say on this subject. And I'm sure that we're going to in the days to come. But for now, I think we're going to just go ahead and wrap it up because, man, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to volunteers. They are an important part of what we do. So thanks for listening and joining us as we look at all things student ministry. Keep learning, keep growing, because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.